Hello and welcome to Minter Dialogue, episode number 453. My name is Minter Dial and I'm your host for this podcast, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. For more information or to check out other shows on the network, please go and visit evergreenpodcast.com. So this week's interview to kick off 2022 is with Zaya and Maurizio Benazzo. Zaya and Maurizio are the co-founders of the science non-duality, not-for-profit community. At SAND, they like to explore the big questions of life while celebrating the mystery of being. Zaya and Maurizio are also filmmakers, and their last film, The Wisdom of Trauma, featuring Dr. Gabor Mate, has been a runaway success. In the conversation, we talk about the making of this film. We explore the definition of success and the timeliness of this film. We also look at their use of social media and other films they've made, especially The Art of Life. It's a scintillating discussion. You'll find all the show notes on minterdial.com. Please consider the drop in your rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe to catch all the future episodes. Now for the show with Zaya and Maurizio. Zaya and Maurizio Benazzo. What a pleasure to have you on my show. Wow. So we were introduced to one another by our mutual friend, Andrew Gottlieb. Who he talks about no typical moments. And I'm going to think that this is going to be no typical podcast. Maya and Maurizio, uh, Zaya and Maurizio, sorry, I got mixed up. Introduce yourselves. How, how would you like to present yourselves? Ooh, I started with a difficult one. Human. Sort of. 98%. 96% of my body is made of microbacteria and viruses. 4% just, of it is human. Just like, uh, just like chimpanzees. Yeah, it's exactly. very similar. Yeah. 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 You, you guys, have, you guys both have very rich backgrounds, and it's impossible for me in one sentence to describe yourself. So I just want to let you roll with it. Oof. Uh, we are ex- relentless explorer of what we like to look for. Basic, can I be more vague? Yeah. Uh, so basically, yeah, everything we do since the moment we met and, and way, way before, before we met is always uh, seems designed for the purpose of us understanding better. The question. We are, we, yeah. And the question. What are we doing yeah. here? Yes. <laughs> What's all about? Yeah. And responding to some oh, yeah. inner urges to understand and to serve i would yes. say through our own understanding yes so you guys uh, met in 2007 i'd love to hear about how you met because you really come from such different backgrounds and everything yeah we met it's very simple do you know landmark <laughs> yeah. have you heard of landmark landmark education est well it was huge in the 70s, 70s yeah. and then then it yeah. continues. It, continue. yeah. it still exists. Still exists, yeah. Yeah, we went there, both of us, in for different reasons at this uh, webinar, this seminar, three days, and uh, we were, she was sitting in front of me. Uh, I tried to convince her to, you know, to date me, <laughs> failed. But then uh, we found that we connected and we discovered we had something in common, which was at the time the, the love for a book called I Am That by Nisargadatta Maharaj. And I was going to make a movie in India and, and she was a camera person and I needed a camera person. So we went to uh, one of our first dates. We ended up in India making this documentary, which is now available for free on Netflix, on YouTube, uh, Rays of the Absolute. The Rays of the Absolute. That's how we met. You have a That's better version. <laughs> you have a better version. <laughs> That's a good version. Yeah. 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 No, but, but we both, what really connected us is that passion for understanding, for knowing, understanding, exploring, experimenting. And I think to this day, that's yeah. what is the glue that binds us together yeah. and what 
allows for us to do the work we do. Yeah. It's very much of a, a tandem uh, project that we have the best chemistry to create incredible things mm -hmm. and to push each other's buttons perfectly. Perfectly. You should see us fighting, man. <laughs> Not a pretty sight. And, and to use that as an opportunity to yeah. grow as well yeah. and to know more about ourselves. So that's... A yeah, we are relentless. Endless mm -hmm. journey of growing and playing and uh, learning, yeah. Yeah. And pushing buttons. It, it, you know, the way I, I listened to you and what I heard is the glue is the unknown. And the curiosity. Yeah. Not that we're going to figure out the unknown, but the longing to, to understand that be, which yeah. cannot probably be ever understood. But, you know, and get a little hints more here and there, yeah. Right. All right. Yeah. So you guys uh, have um, so you, you got a book to your name on the mystery of being, and you've done several films, the art of life. So before I even get into that topic uh, in in the unknown area, the question I wanted to ask you is, how do you define success? Mm. Very good question. Beautiful. Amazing uh, question, actually. Uh, so I, simple I and yet a, so yeah. you start. I have an answer. Yeah. What, do you have an answer? You have an I idea? Don't know. To me, success is like the being uh, grateful and satisfied with whatever you have. Mm -hmm. It's a it's such a perception that there's no other way you can define. It's like happiness, success, anything. How do you define yeah. it? You define it by if you are in satisfied and complete with 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 this moment you're successful yeah kind of this is enough when yeah. I, when yeah. i touch that place that i can call success yeah whatever that is whatever this is yeah because uh, in a way success lack of success it means lack of <laughs> you know i want more i want more i want more i want to be happier i want to you okay it's like a, a fish i want more water around me come here you know so only yeah you're only successful complete happy when to, you are <laughs> when to, you stop searching for it in a way yeah to the degree that i feel enough from who i am and also for what i create yeah um and yeah. then there there could yes. be a longing for more for more but yeah. the longing is kind of the perfume of the success, <laughs> yeah. you know, that, that brings joy and pleasures in life. The longing to offer more, to be more, to grow, to yeah. learn. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's not a passive state, you know. Uh, in, being in the present is not a passive state. Acceptance of what is is not a mm -hmm. passive state. You still, you know, you get angry and you want to eat. You know, you want to help the world. You want to serve. You want to create another, another offering. It's not a passive state at all. It's the attitude towards the impulse that makes it uh, make you stay into the success or the joy for gratefulness and happiness or whatever or misery, whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, from our experience, meeting so many quote unquote successful people that people will consider successful, they tend to have that kind of sense of lack quite strong in their lives. So, so I think the success is really kind of an inner uh, experience. It can never come from the outside. At least that's what happened also yeah. with us now, our movies, like, it's been so well received and yet we all like we have to remind ourselves that this was enough you know this is enough <laughs> like often feels almost unreal like really did that happen and that that comes from a place of inner lack of success i would say <laughs> well yeah. so uh, on the one hand i I think of this concept of enough and we, we live in a society where that's almost a bad word. You know, you're, you're quasi a give upper if you satisfied with enough. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we need to progress. We need to feel like we're learning, you know, we're, we're growing. Mm 
and and ambition. Where's the role of ambition and all that? Because if you didn't have that ambition, you wouldn't have gone out and busted your butt and made the film and all those hours of editing and all those emails you're dealing with. That helps you push into the ambition side, which is far from at enough status. It's in a constant more. Oh my God, there's more. <laughs> we yeah. have a friend who, uh, uh, Peter Bowman, he, he qualified us. He said, you're the most, uh, the the biggest achievers no what is it, what is it? oh okay it was without an ambition like yeah then th that i've known because really we i don't relate to the word ambition mm -hmm. but uh yet you're right there is something in us that drives us and makes us go through so many challenges daily I don't think it's an ambition. It's, yeah, I don't think it's ambition. Yeah, yeah, it's because we are not necessarily attached to the result. Like we would have, we didn't expect, let's say, the movie to be successful at all. So we were not striving for success. Mm -hmm. We were just striving to complete what we felt was important to complete. Because it was part of the question we had. Because we were, we wanted to understand more of what it means to be human in the in that aspect right what is trauma what is what is, what is how the how, how it shapes in my body yeah how does it shape my action my words my thinking my relationship that was the question so we say oh let's find an answer oh why don't we make a movie about it great so it's an excuse to 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 get an answer and at the end we say who cares now I'm exaggerating. Who cares about the movie is not right to say, but in a way, the important part is What's what we quest? learn. <laughs> what we learn in this, and what we are constantly learning even now. I guess we are more interested in the quest than in the what we find at the end of the, the destination. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and at yeah. some level, that is the biggest element of life. So I want to ask you how you got into this film, uh, the the uh, the magic film with Gabor Mate, the wisdom of trauma. How did how did this come about? I mean, it was happenstance, like the marriage, like the way you got you met each other. <laughs> what happened? Uh, yeah. I mean, I hate. I mean, I I, I don't want to sound woo woo, but at the end of the day, it's all about. I don't know. We were, it. I mean, practically, we were organizing an event for 15 years, a conference where we were bringing mystics and scientists together to explore big questions of life. And we, uh, five years ago, Gabor was one of our keynote speakers. And he came and his message was so powerful, so strong. And we watched how it transformed the audience that we felt compelled to follow him, learn more from him, and eventually make a movie. Yeah. Uh, so we, yeah, it was so, just one of the things that we felt called to do. And we were lucky that Gabor said yes halfway. <laughs> you know, he said yes, but <laughs> he was not going to make it easy for us. Uh, but he stayed with it and we... Yeah. yeah, after four years, it took four years to complete the film. Yeah, the bottom line is that in the previous 11 years, now 15 years, we were doing this event, Science and Non-Duality, we have been looking for quote-unquote quote unquote, enlightenment, you know, for a transcendent relationship to the divine, find the interconnectedness of all things, you know. And again, it's like a fish looking for water. <laughs> we are interconnected anyway but the 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 and then gabor brought us a new aspect he just said why don't you look also at the shadow why don't you look at your embodiment why don't you look at your body why after all this year i'm so spiritual and she drives me crazy when she tells me those things and vice versa why she push why, why she can find on my bottom if i'm so spiritual you know and and then you realize okay uh, he said something that's very interesting. And we were filmmakers before when we met. 
uh, and we always wanted to go back to make movies, say, oh, maybe this question required this question, this search maybe requires a little movie. And we said, we do it. No ambition altogether. I mean, we didn't know you're going to make a feature film. You're going to make an 18 minute short video, a YouTube video, we thought, a series of podcasts, whatever. You know, you follow the path. You continue walking one step at a time. And it's evident that now you have to turn left. Now you have to turn right. If you listen carefully to, to what's given to you, right? And you're not too committed to. And that's it. Well, you know, for having done a documentary film myself, I I certainly didn't go into it with uh, the concept of making money out of it or, you know, what, what, how do I determine success? My half hour film has apparently been seen by 25 million people. I certainly didn't go into it thinking of a number of success and I was just into the integrity of the story. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking very much like you, you went into it with the integrity of the story. It took four years, probably two more years than you would have liked. And, and I don't know what else, you know, it was probably a, a hell of a lot of work to get all of those different, you know, exceptional people filmed and you're putting them onto a film. This is a very spiritual thing. So how do you embody this stuff and make it feel real in the in a in a format that's this moving picture, and, and so I'm you know that's where I I can relate with your the notion of success, and yet you've obviously made a huge success with this film. How how do you to what do you describe or ascribe this the 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 way and how it's become such a big hit? Set of circumstances. I think it was the right timing. Yeah. I mean, the really the conversation around trauma has been percolating in the collective psyche for already, I would say, quite some time. But I think it was ripe for a movie that could really communicate that topic in in a in an accessible way. It, I think the film made it really human, made it really easy to understand, to follow, to digest, and very relatable. We must have gotten, I don't know, 3,000, 4,000 letters of people who said, you know, you told my story. Thank you. I feel validated by the film. I feel like I'm not alone in my pain. I'm not alone. I know that there are many other human beings in the same struggle. So, that's one way. Mm-hmm. Another way was the film has been seen in 220 countries. So we thought the movie has a Northern American focus that would not relate to any other countries or cultures. cultures. Mm-hmm. It's been shown on the University of Kabul, is going to a prison in Colombia in a few weeks. So it's really cross-cultural movie. It really... That's one of the biggest successes that people from... It's been translated now 20, over 20, 20, over 20 language, languages. Yeah. And we do more constantly. Yeah, It's so. unbelievable. So I, I had the privilege uh, of seeing the film as you rolled it out at the very initial moments. And I, I felt like... So I'm a businessman. I'm also a filmmaker. And I, I, I think about how things happen. And I don't think it's all just woo-woo to use your term, Maurizio. It's there's there's always concrete intentionality that has to make this thing happen. You had to decide to cut it here and make it this length, and you have to make decisions. It's not just all by mistake or mystery. There is an intentionality that goes into making this happen. The music you choose, the things you leave out, and all this other stuff, and the timing. So, of course, afterwards, the timing within the context of, of a pandemic um, may have also helped at some level. Uh, for me, though, the, the film is, is um, very atemporal in its, the, the issues with trauma and, and the illnesses that we have. Maybe it helped that people were stuck at home and needed to watch something. Do you think that played into it? Possibly, Possibly somewhat. Uh, definitely, I think more people relate today to the topic than, let's say, two years ago, unfortunately. I mean, more, more of us have been 
you know, have touched those places of depression and anxiety and, you know, just the unknown with the pandemic triggers those old wounds, old ways of uh, coping with pain in our lives. It re-triggers those. That, that's one of the things Gabor says, you know, the pandemic is can cause trauma, but it tends to re-trigger old traumas. So I think... The pandemic helped. It was challenging finishing the movie during a pandemic because we couldn't film anymore and we were not done. So that's why we had to be creative. We came up with a with the idea of bringing animation to visualize the scenes we could not go out and shoot. Mm. So that was a challenge that actually helped us in a way. Mm. And a lot of people appreciated bringing the element of animation. That's for sure. Um, I have a friend called Christine McKay who just wrote a book on animation and the power of animation and film. I've had her on my podcast. And so that, that was kind of a, a nice little link in. Yeah. Gabor, he, he says, trauma is not what happens to you. Trauma is what happens inside you as a result of what happens to you. Right. And, and so it's very much this idea of it's, it's not what happens to you. It's how you react to what happens to you. That's the real thing. I feel that's like the fundamental message that he was passing along. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, the same trauma, which rarely happens, but can happen to two people and they will have a, a, a completely different trauma response. And that's what he's pointing to. It's not about what happened, but really what we, whether there was someone when we were young and struggling to witness our pain, to give us a support, or we were completely alone in isolation with no adult support, like all of these factors play in how the trauma uh, impacted mm-hmm. us at a young age and then in how that pattern got formed and created a filter through which we see ourselves the world to which we relate 40 years later 40 years later mm. Still. so being a filmmaker uh, of a documentary in my case i also was very aware of the frontier with truth That's to say, doing a documentary, by definition, it's about revealing the truth. And yet, when you're in the editing room, you're always choosing between this and that and the narrative. And all of a sudden, somehow narrative, you know, certainly in, the, in a modern technology world, the storytelling component can be a little distant from the truth. And I was just wondering if you could talk to that gap between the narrative and the truth Where did you have any tension within it? Or do you feel it was all 100% truth? I don't think that was ever a question yeah. of not telling the truth or, or manipulating what we witnessed or seen. I think the only thing we felt that maybe the movie got a bit too heavy at one point. And we thought maybe that will actually do a disservice to the message. So we were brainstorming mm. how to create a breather or use the music to kind of elevate a little bit. Um, yeah, take and, away the trauma porn, we called it. This, yeah. I, this, this is exactly what I'm getting into because the fact is that the movie format of telling a story heightens the pathos. And in the film that I did, I had to dial back elements of high emotion because I the high the truth was the high emotion, but I had to taper it. Otherwise, people would just be overwhelmed with emotion, mm-hmm. and that wouldn't be good for the user experience. So that's an example of the difference between the full truth and the narrative. And that's that's the zone I'm in, which is not about lying. It's just about, you know, working the story in a way that works for the format and the medium that we're using. Right, right. I think the way we did it, we had a lot more stories that we wish we would have told. But then, um, yeah. have to make choices. We had to make choices. Exactly. Also not to have the movie mm. Synced like to make it too heavy, but at yeah. the end, it was how it felt to us. I mean, because the movie was, yeah, I, 
it was too heavy at some point to watch it. And uh, it, it, oh, how do you, I feel, I don't feel calm. Oh, something is not all right. Yeah. That's it. And so you change it. Absolutely. I, I don't think there was a question of. We had to re edit. We re edit completely. Yeah. yeah. We, we had a version that Gabor didn't like, and we, it was not lending with us. So we went back to the editing studio for another I think, year, almost, almost a months, year, yeah. nine months, and completely re edited the film. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm I'm aware of all those things, and that's why I wanted to sort of dig in on that little thought. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. I want to spend the last part of our chat with regard to your work at the science and non-duality, the, uh, the sand, the sands of time, where your objective is to forge a new paradigm in spirituality, but not one that is dictated by, by religious dogma, rather based on timeless wisdoms. So let's say that I, I've looked at your channel. I've certainly not consumed everything, um, but I've appreciated the fact that you, I, I mean, also I love the work you did at the Art of Life and the, this Michael chap who, who learns to live in Hawaii in a jungle and with dolphins. Um, you also explore psychedelics. I don't know where are so first of all let's start with what is non-duality because I think people kind of get science but what are we talking about when we talk about non-duality should we simply say is the 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 understanding is not even the right word the perception the the feeling the the something that the truth, uh, the, the truth <laughs> that 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 we are all interconnected. They're not two things. They are not two things separate. When you talk about the human body, you say, "Oh yeah, I'm one of the human. It's me. I mean, obviously, it's me." But if you take your heart or your lungs, the lungs produce cells that are lung cells, and the heart produces cells that are heart cells. They're separate things. I mean, my finger is me or is my finger? Why do I call it pinky instead of call it me? I mean, so where is the blurry line between a defined thing and, and, and the wholeness? Yeah. You know, so... So non-duality points to like there is literally it means not two. So there is only one consciousness, one mind, one whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, that that and that is life. That is yes. our and we we are part of it. We are not separate. Yeah. Uh, and so over the years, we explored many different doorways to that understanding, either through science, yeah. through psychedelic experience, through meditation. Now, through the pandemic, that has been revealed in so many ways, including that there is no such thing as an individual immune system, right? We're learning that we can't see it that way even. So, yeah. And, and, and that said, the, 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 the separateness exists, you know. So we are, yeah, we are all, everything is interconnected. Everything is one, but they said the lungs and the heart work in separate way for the benefit of the whole organism. Yeah. So there is, we are one in the universe, with the universe, with everything. The trees make oxygen and we breathe it and we make CO2 that the tree can thrive on it, you know, unless we make too much as we are doing now. But that's a different story. So... This is the, the essence. There is every piece of the puzzle makes the puzzle. You look at a puzzle, whoa, it's beautiful. And there are all the pieces. Our, we are made of cell molecule and all different parts. So, so I, 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 I get you. And um, so what, I have three values for Minter's personal life. And one of the three values is oneness which at some level I'm hearing is what non-duality is. So you made a choice, non-duality. You know, in marketing talk, it's like, we're not this, 
I, I, I get the feeling it's about oneness. Like are we, it's not human beings and nature. It's human beings in nature, our nature. So we are one with that. We are just one small, absolutely infinitesimally meaningless piece of a huge puzzle, which, uh, you know, which is, you know, our universe and the various other things sentient and non that are around us. So we're, we're meaningless. And I think that psychedelics and, and meaningful and meaningful at the same time. Let's also not, not take that part away because our, if a butterfly flap their wing in Brazil, it will affect me somehow in some way that, you know, everything is absolutely meaningful, meaningless or meaninglessly meaningful. Because uh, bottom line, if the, if you are not in a paradox, there is no, I mean, it makes no, everything is a paradox. If you, if you go away from the paradox, you're away from the truth. And, uh, and even that is not the truth. Am I getting weird enough? No, no I, mean, I love it. You know, I love it. I haven't even smoked anything before listening, but I, no, in my, in my last book, in 40 years. No, I, no, 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 well, I, but I do. And um, in my book, I, I, in the last book about leadership, I, I talk about the four paradoxes. Uh, and, and the one that really generally always stands out is the need to belong and yet be different. Mm-hmm. And, and we're living in that constantly, whether it's meaningful and meaningless. And I feel that certainly in the work of the wisdom of trauma, the thing that really hits, resonates with me the most is the sense of meaninglessness that most of us are going through. And that in this existential crisis that we've been having, which is apocalyptically showing us what our problems are, is that we do not have enough sense in our life. We do not have enough meaningfulness in our life. And I feel that is our, our common trauma. Yeah, we go back to the enoughness. I think the common trauma is the separateness, like the illusion of being separate. I think that's where yeah. all goes to. And where we're experiencing today in our life is... Um, that is catching up with us, the way we have lived in the last, I don't know, especially in the West, uh, two, three hundred years, of course, way more. But that's what is catching up with us, the way we've exploded, the exploited nature, the way we have put profit and capitalist mindset over everything in life that that is catching up with yeah. us now. And not as a punishment, but it's just as a uh, cause and effect, you yeah. know, it's a, it's a, it's a physics in a way. To, yeah. That. So Vandana Shiva said this beautiful: if you feel you're meaningless, but buy a plant, take care of a plant, right. take care of your neighbor, take care of your sister, talk to your brother that you haven't spoke with in the last seven years. If you think you're meaningless, be nice to the cashier when you go and buy your bread, whatever you know. You're meaningful. It's up to you. Does it mean meaningful? Doesn't mean that you have to change the world and become the president of your country. That's the absurdity. That's the that's the capitalistic mind. For us, oh, I'm meaningless unless I I've made this incredible change to you. And no, no, it can be simple. Every mushroom is meaningful in my garden because it gives life and water to every tree. And the tree can thrive, and the tree can thrive, it can give me oxygen, and everything is meaningful. Let's, you know, enough of this, enough, enough, enough of this, I want more, is not enough. And you know? yet, probably you're absolutely right, on a cosmic level, meaning makes no sense. No, it makes no sense. Like, right? but we, or at least we cannot comprehend it with our little human minds, you yeah. know, the, uh, so... I think that's the paradox is the beauty, the meaningfulness of each and every moment and the meaningless of, of, of it all. And that's yeah. the mystery of life, I would say, in between. Is because it was, you never end. I, I think Nisar Sarkarata yeah. said that, like, um, I f- uh, like, oh, yeah, between, like, be- I'm feeling that uh, I'm everything and I'm nothing. In between is where my life goes or flows. Yeah. yeah. That well, cap- paradox. In the end of the day, I mean, 
life is nothing without death. And, yeah. and at some level, there is about a bigger paradox as there is, is that if, if you don't have sadness, you won't know happiness. And, and so I think these, this is the natural state of our lives, is to manage. You can't have orgasms all the time. It'd be lovely, but no, it wouldn't, actually. It would be boring to hell. I mean, you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it cannot. Yeah. And life is not the opposite of death. That's the other thing. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> yeah, well. nice. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. When you see when you see a tree, some a piece of wood in the ground, what do you think? Death or you think life? I mean, because in reality, oh, you can say, oh, the tree is no longer there. Is that well? What about the decomposition? All this mushroom again, all this bacteria, all this thing. Oh, this is beautiful. This compost that is giving food to the to the, to the soil, right? So, are or we the fire about- or the fire you right. can burn mm-hmm. to make food to to feed us? Yeah. So, you guys have obviously. I, I know you did the film Shortcut to Nirvana, mm-hmm. and and obviously linked in with the with India. Um, and, and funny, I mean, India is at some level such the representation of life between the the hustle, the ability to sort of live with karma, Goa and the psychedelics and, you know, the hippie movement. It kind of has so much going on with it. And yet I was reading how uh, 30% of the Fortune 500 companies CEO is Indian. And uh, just now they announced that Twitter, the new CEO, will be Indian. And I was wondering how you guys look at that with your slant that you have on India. You know, what I'm always amazed because we live close to the Silicon Valley and whenever we've met uh, CEOs or uh, people part of this world, I was always so touched to understand their devotion side that we see, you know, in the West, only one side of these beautiful human beings, but they have an incredible, most of them carry a lineage um, and a deep devotional side, spiritual side, that I think also informs to some extent their out, outworldly success both the the lineage and the spirituality that was passed to them from generation to generation. Is it something that you feel is missing in the West? Definitely missing the tradition, missing the roots, missing the... I think tradition gives also a kind of sense of humility that it didn't start with you. Mm -hmm. It's just you're part of a link um, that goes way back. And I think when you have a tradition, that perspective is with you. And, and it's strong. It's, it's important. Found, yeah, it's a foundation. It's a base on, on which you can build something. It can also drag you down, depending yeah. how you are, what's the relationship with that, right? Mm-hmm. It can also prevent you from growing and exploring. And, yeah. But if the relationship is healthy with the tradition, and then I think it's... It really enhances what we can offer to the world. It's of service. Yeah. 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 It comes to mind that the biggest corporation ever in the world was the Catholic Church. Ooh, <laughs> so, no, 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 no. But I'm, what I'm saying is that there is a foundation, a belief, a spiritual solid solidity that can guide your action. And, and like, you know, if you are completely into the material gain and greed and blah, 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 I don't think you are complete enough to reach the pinnacle of uh, what you want to succeed. You need a foundation of belief, uh, right or wrong, false, criminal, whatever. that's a different story. But it, I'm not judging that part, but I'm saying you need a spiritual foundation, a tradition, an understanding of the whole, an answer that takes you beyond your scope of life, of your personal life and death to, to allow your action to, to be more, more effective. And this is also a partial statement, obviously. Mm-hmm. Not. <laughs> well, of course, we're not going to solve the world's problems. But um, interestingly, I, I that you mentioned the Roman Catholic religion, it, it feels, and I want to link this back to this notion of meaningfulness, 
that we have lost touch with history, or we are trying to decontextualize today's last years or the, the, the past with today's reading. We have more and more a less religious society that provides us with a spiritual foundation and a common understanding of ethics. In the news, we no longer have one truth, which was generally shared amongst the media. We now have everybody in a very Murdochian way promoting their side of the truth. And, and then at a, at a more granular level, everybody's all about the individual and we've forgotten our link into commune and communality that used to exist. And I think back to the Indians in this particular way. So this loss of sense is a loss of sense of direction. It's a loss of sense of meaning. And I feel that is really underpinning today's shared trauma yeah. at the highest level. Absolutely. Yeah. Sense of belonging. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Well, the next big wave is really, and it's already happening, and in this understanding the impact of intergenerational trauma and how that has shaped our societies. That's mm -hmm. going to be, I think, in the next several years, huge for, for humanity, really. It's already happening. It's already everywhere we're seeing it. But it's the beginning to not from a place of feeling, you know, we can grieve what has happened in the past, but just to understand how we got where we are today as a society, you know, so divided, so, uh, so unequal. So much and we and we are definitely have the aging population that so many countries are going to have to deal with death and and these this generation this big older generation and how we're going to deal with that tell us tell us uh, just to finish up with uh, the the your sand what are some of the projects that you're looking i mean of course you maybe can't even be able to breathe because of the you know, overwhelming success of your last project, but where, what's the future hold for Sand? What are the things that are tickling your minds and maybe giving you a breath of fresh air for the future? Right, so now our biggest question is we've created a big community, global community with the movie. We've reached close to, you know, anyway, close to a million people on our mailing list. How do we serve that community? So that's the biggest inquiry we're in, how to continue nurturing, these relationships and supporting uh, the people we we have now as a community. Um, so that's number one for us. And we are beginning a, a small pilot project of trauma healing in schools. So we will be developing a curriculum and testing it for a year in a local school. That's in California. That's in California. Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, an exciting small project that hopefully grows, we'll see. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and, and we will be offering more programs of SEND next year on different topics. One of them, it's, it's a conversation about dying and living, which we started last year and was very successful. And we'll continue this year. And then another topic we explore is relationships. Yeah. And so that, that will, we will have a summit early next year related yeah. to with, with top experts in the field of psychotherapy and uh, yeah because those are related. those are the real spiritual angle and practices because you know? that's spirituality talking about dying and living talking about our personal relationship that's where spirituality is connecting it's every breath we take that's the real spirituality to me I have more and more this Ah, when, when people say, well, let me be spiritual now, you know, can we be spiritual for a few minutes? I mean, what? I want to, you know, when are you not spiritual? Or oh, like when, yeah. when people say, what is not spiritual? What's not spiritual? Yeah. Let's be present. Can you be absent for a second? How can you be absent? I mean, you are present by default. You know, you don't pay attention, but you cannot not be here and now. That's all you have. So about this life and death and relationship that's where the the real juice of being human is you know i have a friend in in canada who's a minister and um he's dedicated himself to relationships 
being at the hub of, of course, marriages in general, but he's, he's, he gets involved in this idea of the, the unity of people and the meeting of souls and, and minds and so on. And I also have a friend in Holland called Claire Boonstra, whose ambition is to change the way education is done. Because we teach children how to do maths and dates and figures and gosh, we don't teach them about love. Don't teach them how to no emotional, no emotional understanding. Intelligence. It's as important as academic. They stay from the shoulder up, completely embedded in data, completely meaningful ways, but uh, but they have no understanding. Locked them in a in a chair. Reinforcing the notion of separateness. Right. No education is that. Yeah. And and another definition of success, right? right? Right. The right. more disconnected you are, yeah. the, the, the more successful the more you successful. get. The more data you know, the more successful you are. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. matter if you have an emotional understanding of God. I I I've, I want to finish on on a just a, a maybe a recommendation if you haven't come across his work. A, a British journalist author called Johan Hari wrote a book, Lost Connections. If you come across it. It's it's absolutely magnificent because it comes from a, a position of depression, and mm. and he talks about the healing power of connection, the seven ways we can connect, uh, not a, in a very prosaic manner, uh, very you know we can connect with our with our bodies and feel ourselves, we can connect with each other and touch and and get that going. We can put our hands in dirt and see the the right. the earth underneath your nails. And, and we need to reconnect so much. It's a delightful book. I highly recommend. And that's to me the essence of meaningless or meaningfulness, right? If you think you're meaningless, connect, reconnect, because you are not meaningless, you know? If you are able to feel this connection, you are no longer meaningless. You are part of something. You're connected. You're plugged in. And that's this non-duality. And that's the trauma work. And this is, you know, that's yeah. the essence of what we are missing the connection to the success yeah that's a success (laughs) that's all of the all that all the things we have been talking about it's all the same you're all talking about this you're talking about connectedness yeah and uh, presence well i can say that i have enjoyed that super energy that you guys both have and uh, it's been a delight to share uh, your story with my audience um I would love for people to go and discover your work. What are the best ways to do that? The ways you recommend? I mean, it's all all out there, but give us the the uh, the, the sale pitch, if you will. Thewisdomoftrauma.com is where our movie lives, and scienceandonduality.com. Yeah. Uh, these are the two yeah. doorways. The, the wisdomoftrauma.com, science and A&D, non-duality.com. That's it. Yeah, I've seen you guys. You have a big following on Facebook too. So I'll put all these links in the show yeah. notes. Molto, molto grazie. It's uh, It's very <laughs> fun. Let's connect. Let's connect again. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank Such you. a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having listened to this episode of the Minter Dialogue podcast. If you like the show or would like to support me, please consider a donation on patreon.com forward slash Minterdial. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast service. And as ever, rating and reviews are the real currency for podcasts. You'll find the show notes with over 2,000 and more blog posts on Minterdial.com. Check out my documentary film and four books including my last one, You Lead, How Being Yourself Makes You a Better Leader. And to finish, here's a song I wrote with Stephanie Singer, A Convinced Man. I like the feel of a stranger Tucked around me, precipitating the danger To feel free, trust is a reason Still I won't tell the lie I sit here passive
How fast we could solve the world's biggest problems if more SaaS startups would gain traction sooner. Welcome to the Tech Entrepreneur on a Mission podcast. This podcast is dedicated to sharing experiences from B2B SaaS CEOs who are going above and beyond to deliver change that is noticed. You will hear their secrets and learn what is required to build a SaaS business that the world starts talking about and keeps talking about, and how to overcome the roadblocks to do so.